Cheering at pro wrestling shows in Japan is back, and 2023 is already shaping up to be a big year in the history of pro res. That's why you should listen to the Emerald Flow Show. From the Royal Road to the Green Mat, Paul and Gerard take you into the world of All Japan Pro Wrestling and Pro Wrestling NOAA. Not only do we analyze events, but we examine business, who is getting over, what angles are working, or not. Occasionally, we take a look at other Japanese promotions like DDT and Zero One. So if you're looking for more coverage of the world of Japanese wrestling, check out the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, available on all of your favorite podcast apps. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Here we go! Listening to the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 31 of the Emerald Flow Show. We're a podcast on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. You can follow us on Twitter at Emerald Flow Show. And if you listen to us on Apple uh, Podcasts, leave us a five star review. And we're also available on all other podcast apps. And if you're feeling generous, you can go to voicesofwrestling.com slash donate to donate to our show. I'm Gerard Detroit here with Paul Vosh. Paul, we got a lot of, to talk about today, but how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing very fine because guess it's got two thumbs, kind of, and it's going to Japan at the end of the year. Uh, I don't know who. I am. I actually ah. booked my flights yesterday. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So what? what is your sort of uh, dates that you're going to be there? Uh, I am flying out of here on the 28th of December, so I'll be in Japan on the 29th. And then I'm staying until the 15th of January, but I'm technically flying out on the 16th. But I'm flying out at like 50 minutes past midnight out of Haneda on the 16th. So really, it's like from the 29th until the 15th. Oh, wow. That's like, you can see everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. I basically have the, my plan is essentially that first week is essentially just going to be like nonstop wrestling shows, more or less. Like I'm planning to do like the All Japan, like year at one in Yoyogi on the 30th. 
the New Year's Tag Tournament, Noah the New Year, the two All Japan New Year shows, and then Wrestle Kingdom, and then I'll kind of figure out what I'll do from there. It sort of ends after Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like at that point, and then I can actually like go around the country and actually like maybe do like a little bit of other stuff. But like it's definitely that first week is basically going to be like I'll just I might as well just sleep in Corrigan, I guess. <laughs> You could, yeah, because you could, uh, I wonder if it's possible to do, like, both Big Japan and Noah on the first at this in the same day. Uh, oh, yeah, wait. Big Japan is in Corrigan, right? Uh, yeah, or is it zero one that's New Year's Day? I think it's zero one that is in Corrigan, yeah. And then it's not that far from Corrigan to Budokan. So you can totally do that. Yeah, see which uh, Noah guy will be in the main event of the Zero One Cork and show <laughs> next year. Number, yeah. yeah. Maybe it's Inamura, uh, and maybe he wins this time. Maybe. I mean, I could see Inam- them giving the title to Inamura in Zero One at least. I mean, look, I've, I'm surprised they haven't done that already. Like, it just like if you're not willing to give him a title in your own company right now, like just let let him stay in Zero One and actually like work on top and everything, gain some like gain some confidence instead of just dropping him out constantly. Like that just makes so much more sense. Yeah, exactly. So we've got a ton to talk about, but I think for the sake of clarity, because these shows sort of bleed into each other, we're just gonna go into chronological order. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna start with All Japan at Cork and Hall, uh in front of one thousand four hundred and five fans, which might be the largest Corkin number this year of any company. Maybe there's a like really the only other companies that could have beaten it would be New Japan and Dragon Gate. I don't know exactly what they've done in there so far this year, but I think it's definitely like even if it's not the biggest one, it's, it's like second or third at worst, basically. And it's the biggest All Japan Corkin number since the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. I like we probably need to go back to like. I don't even know if they drew this at the beginning of 2020. They might have. Shows there. I think they probably drew like 1,500 for like Jake Lee versus Kento. Yeah. So, But, but like uh, since then, it's the, basically the biggest Corican number. Yeah. Uh, so we start off uh, with the first match. Oh, uh, before the show on social media, they made a big deal of it. But Unagi Sayaka showed up <laughs> and bought some merchandise. Yeah, I mean, they made a big deal of her. Like, I really liked how much they're making like her out to be like a really big deal. Like, she actually even got involved in the show like a little bit at least. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. And then, but she sat in the um, like the press section mm-hmm. sort of thing. But uh, we'll there'll be more on that later. So to start off, we had Kotaro Suzuki, Rising Hayato, and uh, Rio Inoue defeating Hikaru Sato, Dan Tamara, and Ojishiba in five minutes and thirty six seconds when Hayato pinned Shiba after the Sid Vicious. Um, I mean, this was really good. It's just really short. Yeah, yeah. I actually would have liked this to go a little bit longer. Like I get yeah. why they went this short because there was a lot on the show. But yeah, that, I would have liked this to go maybe like eight minutes. I think I would have enjoyed it even more. Yeah, and that finish will uh, uh, tell us something where we're going later. Yeah. And these junior not, these junior texts to open the show have been really great. Yeah, yeah. No, like like I said, like it wasn't that long ago that like the junior division was all Japan's biggest liability, but I think that's completely flipped on its head now. Yeah, like it's probably up, the most underrated junior division in all of Japan. Oh, definitely, and um, I think that uh, I mean it's really and it's only really I mean. Don't want 
sort of underrate what like how good Rising Hayato has been, but I mean it's really been carried by one man. Yeah, I mean it's been carried by Atsuki, but I think like Hayato has really been like stepping up his game. I think Ryu Inoue is coming along well. Katara Suzuki is a great addition, and I think OG Shiba is like a nice like guy to have on the roster as well. Yep, definitely. And then next up in special six man tag team match, Yoshi Tatsu. Uh, Raisuke Taguchi and Master Wado defeated Shitaro Shino, Ryuki Honda, and Masao Hanabata in 7 minutes and 22 seconds with a German suplex hold uh, from Wato on Hanabata. Paul, the first thing I noticed is Master Wado over in Korokin in front of these All Japan fans. Oh, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I do think there was a fair percentage yes. of New Japan fans there. There was a lot of blue in the in the crowd. Yeah. No, but I, I mean, Wato, that's always the thing he's got going for him. I said he has a crowd connection. I think that's really like something he's really kind of built up even more. Yeah. And uh, I thought this match was actually pretty good for what it was. I don't think Taguchi really dragged it down and everyone else was solid. Yeah. I mean, like I said, like I really can't do without Taguchi, but I think Yoshi Tatsu actually worked pretty hard, like, like harder than he normally would in this kind of spot. And Wato, obviously, like, was kind of the standout of the whole match, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Although it feels like Gun Year of Anarchy is just in a holding pattern yeah. since Ashino's returned. Yeah. Which I think, I don't know, hopefully, well, we'll talk about this more later with the tag title scene, but hopefully it's just uh, that they're just cooling them off for a while for something later. And then uh, next up, a special six-man tag match, the very large team of Shuji Ishikawa, Ren Ayabe, and Oscar Lube defeated Tako Omori, Toriano, and Black Mensa reign 8 minutes and 14 seconds with a running knee from Ishikawa on Omori. Again, um, perfectly solid match. Better than I expected. I love uh, Mensa Ray just getting dominated by all the tall guys. Oh god, yeah, no, that was easily the best part of the match. Like, just standing, seeing him just stand between the three, like, just literally just all three of them just towering above him was amazing. And obviously, I think but to be fair, I think the actual highlight of the match was the, in the pre-match when just Ishikawa, Ayabe, and Loibe just like just stood next to each other. Just how fucking yeah. tall they are. I mean, Mensure as a comedy spot brought out a stepladder, but then proceeded to do a large bump off the stepladder that he totally didn't need to do. <laughs> yeah. No, no, this, this was a lot more fun than I thought it would be. Yeah. Uh, next up, special uh, six-man tag match. Uh, Voodoo Murder, Suwama, Jun Saito, and Rei Saito defeated the New Japan Lion Team, uh, Young Lion Team of Yuro Nakashima, Ryohei Oiwa, and Kosei uh, Fujita in 9 minutes and 28 seconds with a backdrop, su- backdrop suplex from Suwama on Nakashima. I mean, this started off as your typical Voodoo Murders match with brawling and attacking before the bell and everything. But I thought the, like, the latter stages of the match where the Young Lions started to get some stuff, it turned into something uh, decent. Yeah, I mean, I would say it's probably the weakest match on the show, I want to say. But probably, but I still like the Young Lions sort of like yeah. going out there and trying their hardest against the Voodoo Murders. Yeah, yeah, I'm just kind of afraid what this whole Suwama thing beating up the young boys might lead to. I, I have a feeling that I know where it's going and I'm not a big fan. Is it the Triple Crown? Yeah, I think it, well, I well, I don't know if he's going to win it, but I feel like he's going to challenge for it at the very least right yeah well as long as he doesn't win it i don't think it's that big of a deal um but we could talk about that later next up in a match that was only announced a couple of days before because for some reason shingo takagi was pulled from battle in the valley 
Shigo Takagi defeated Yuma Anzai in 10 minutes and 31 seconds with a single leg crab hold. But even though this ended like your typical young, like rookie match, um, Anzai got a lot here. And he yeah. kicked out of like a pumping bomber at like one and everything. It was really good. I actually, I think I'm borderline on like going notebook here. Like I'm very close to giving this four stars. I might actually do it if I think of, like, you know what? I oh, fuck it. I'm not a coward. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go in four stars on this. Like, I thought this was awesome. Like, I thought Shingo gave Anzai so much. And I actually really liked the finish as well with the single, like, crab hole, where, like, he tapped him out like a young boy. But he didn't do that until after Anzai, like, kicked out of the pumping bomber. And you could just see, like, the annoyance on, like, Shingo's face when Anzai kicked out of the, uh, kicked out of the pumping bomber. And then he's like, you know what? Okay go fuck yourself. Now I'm just going to tap you out like the young boy that you are. So I thought that finish actually worked really, really well here. Yes, definitely. And uh, man, I would love to see more Shingo in all Japan. Yeah, no, definitely. And this is, again, like I keep saying this about Yuma Anzai, but like I can't wait. Like I really hope that keep that Shingo does more all Japan dates because I really want to see these two have a match when Anzai isn't a young boy anymore. Yep. That would be awesome. And then uh, next up, uh, Yuma Aoyagi and Naoya Nomura defeated Minoru Suzuki and Hokuto Omori in 11 minutes and 14 seconds when uh, Aoyagi used the end game on Omori. And I have to say, given the uh, directions that this company has now gone in, I'm really surprised that they didn't just make this a tag title match. Yeah, that, that's my takeaway as well. Where I'm like, this was a good match, but like literally the entire time was going on. I'm like, well, our the champions losing here because that's the reason why it's not a title match and then you just win and i'm like well why why isn't this just a title match like just put another title match on Kirk and like it's fine <laughs> like it like i think it actually helps the champions if they get another defense under them like it doesn't make any sense that it's not a title match Yep, and uh, we'll talk about this later, but I think they could have used a defense. Yeah. But uh, as for the match itself, I actually really liked uh, Suzuki and Nomura's uh, interactions. Yeah, yeah, those were awesome. Like, I liked Nomura selling the leg as well, and then Suzuki just trying to, like, rip his leg apart as well. Yeah, so for an 11-minute match, I thought this was probably as good as it was going to get. Yeah, yeah, especially because it was non-title as well. Yeah. And then next up for the PWF World Junior Heavyweight Championship, Naruki Dori defeated Atsuki Aoyagi in 13 minutes and 30 seconds with the muscular bomb. And uh, Atsuki fails on his uh, sixth defense attempt. And uh, Atsuki Aoyagi becomes the 64th PWF World Junior Heavyweight Champion. I'm not sure if I like this quite as much as um, Atsuki versus Kataro Suzuki, but it came close. And I think it really established A, Atsuki as like tough because Doi had to whip out the muscular bomb. But also, you know, you wanted to give Doi sort of like running roughshod through this because I think this is going to be a building up to something later mm-hmm. i mean since we're going to talk about that later as well but if you want to go with the like established veteran beats the young the young guy and the young guy actually like gets elevated in the loss like this is how you do it yeah like this is exactly how you do it like atsuki actually loses absolutely nothing by losing here he had a great title reign and now doi just comes in and he ends it and he doesn't just end it with a bakatari no, he needs to pull out the muscular bomb, which is his super finisher. Like, the fact that he needed to do that, like, tells you everything you need to know about, like, what all Japan sees in Atsuki. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, they would have been like, yeah, yeah, sure, just use a finisher and then you can pin him. But, like, I don't know, like, who was the actual instigating, here, like, party here. 
but like the fact that this is what the finish ended up being like just shows that like like Atsuki is someone that like can be protected and now that he has taken like that he has lost to the muscular bomb like that just will just they will have a rematch for the title like I feel like Atsuki is the one that will beat Doi for the title eventually and yeah. I think that match is gonna be even better than this one yeah and I expect that match to be on either I would say probably maybe the June um Oda Ward mm-hmm. that would be a good semi-main event yeah no, no, no. I mean, and like I said, even for like Doi, like even if you wanted to make it a bit long, longer reign as well, like you could probably like even like main event a Korokan with him as well, so that you can say yeah, like, that's a true too. Something else. That's true too. Um, and then uh, after the match, Rising Hayato came out to make the challenge to Doi, and that will happen uh, uh, on the next tour. And I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, it's going to be a huge opportunity for uh, Hayato. Yeah. No, I think that. That's a really big one. Like it's a main event too, so yeah, that that's gonna be cool. Uh, and then he also uh, announced that he wants to do a tag tournament uh, or a junior tag tournament as well. Yes, uh, he said he didn't have a partner, but he bring in someone interesting. So I don't know what kind of bring your scene out of retirement. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's gonna happen. <laughs> I would no, lose but it, my I mean, mind if that happens. So <laughs> if um, I don't know. I mean, I'm. Yeah, I feel like he has to have somewhat of some notoriety if he's going to make this tease. But, it's uh, Shingo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't think it's Shingo. But yeah. I mean, well, okay, there's one person that has teamed regularly with Doi that would be a big deal to bring in as well, but I don't know. It's not like, as far as I know, I don't think he's really doing anything major in Dragon Gate at the moment. So if like if we see like a reunification of Yamadoi for this tournament, that would be a big deal. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. And is Yamato's doing more outside dates too, right? But yeah. he's not the same. But he's not. He didn't. He didn't go on a freelance no, contract. No, 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 no. Right? He's still signed to Dragon Gate. Yeah. Yeah. And then in the main event for the Triple Crown, Yuji Nagata defeated Kento Miyahara in twenty-three minutes and six seconds with a backdrop holds. Miyahara failed in his fifth defense of the title, and Yuji Nagata becomes the 69th Triple Crown champion. Nice. Um, look, I was a little skeptical of how good this match was going to be. We'll talk about the result later, but this was awesome. I think one of the best matches of the year so far. I wasn't quite as high. I, I still preferred a match against Yuma. Like I thought that one was better, but it still definitely... like. It, exceeded my expectations because last year we were both a bit hesitant to say how good we think this match could be and I think it definitely like way exceeded that like I think it it was an actually like genuinely really really good match like I would probably go like four maybe four uh, like 4.25 on this one so I thought Nagata like I mean I I thought it started slower than a usual Kento title match I don't mean that in a bad way it's just that Nagato was being like methodical and working over uh, Kento's arm which was fine because a Nagata can do something like that and make it compelling and b he was pacing himself but then they just took off and Nagata like turned back the clock at least 10 years yeah oh no for sure I think they definitely learned from their last title match where they realized okay there's certain things Nagata can't do anymore so let's not do those things and let's do the things that Nagata can still do really well 
And I think yeah. that really showed you. And like he took some major bumps still as well. Like he took yes. like apron bumps and everything. I was like, holy shit, what's happening here? I thought that Kento kick out from the wrist clutch exploder was one of the best kickouts of the year so far. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was I was almost con- like I was like, oh okay, this is the finish. Is he actually winning here? And then he didn't. I was like, oh maybe Kento well, can actually defend. Well, see, it's funny because yeah, after he kicked out of that wrist clutch explorer, I thought, oh, Kento's going to win now. Yeah. But and then it wasn't to be. But uh, this has gotten a lot of uh, eyeballs. Uh, I think in part more for all Japan because it's Yuji Nagata. Like I saw people talking about this match. I haven't, I'd never heard talk about all Japan before. So I think that's sort of good for the company. It is, but I've also seen a lot of people like both abroad and. Oh, there was, there were, there was Japanese Twitter accounts that were not happy. with. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I think there's definitely like a risk here, like of like driving away some like long-term loyal fans, but if you can somehow keep whatever eyeballs Yuji Nagata is, like if you can somehow bind them to the company long term, and those are more than the people that you drive away by doing this, then it is a net positive. It's just we obviously don't know yet what the outcome is going to be. Yeah, like I was on. This is this is weird because. Okay, Nagata wins a triple crown, but now they're full tilt into this Noah versus All Japan thing. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack out of that. Yeah, that happened. Like, I really have a feeling that this whole thing of like oh, oh, the like rising tide lifts all ships is like the only company that has actually really benefited from that so far. <laughs> is All Japan and sort of New Japan, you New could J- argue. Well, yeah, but no one's on New Japan shows. Like, it's New Japan yeah, is just yeah, like yeah. benefiting from like the fact that they beat everyone. But mm. it's not like outsiders are on all on New Japan shows, where it's like all all Japan now is like just like everybody's playground essentially. Yeah, Yoshitatsu is the only their only contracted wrestler that's holding a title right now. All their oh in Yuma, Yuma yeah, but, yeah, but all their other titles are held by outsiders or, or oh, yeah, their true. partners or outsiders. <laughs> I hadn't actually thought about um, that. Which sort of makes sense because. You're going into a spring and summer and, and fall with a lot of bigger shows. So I think it's your classic, okay, well, the home team's going to get the titles back over the next few months. No, hopefully, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know what's weird? We have the whole, like, Elite versus, like, All Japan show coming up as well, right? Yeah. You know what? I, I As far as I remember, you know what isn't on that show? The Minoru Tanaka title defense, which... Yes. You know, he's a lead wrestler and he uh he holds a title, he holds an all Japan title and it's an all Japan versus great and yeah, it's weird. Like I just realized that that he's not on that. Well, show. the the Gayora TV title has never been defended regularly even in the best of times. Yeah. So I I sort of expecting that to be on the Oda Ward maybe. Um or something like that cuz they usually will have the Gayora TV title defended at Oda Ward. Yeah. Um, so we'll get into more. Oh, and yes, much has been said about obviously Nagata being IWGP GHC and Triple Crown champion now, the fifth man to do it. And also the, the only person that's won the champion carnival, the G1 and, um, the global league slash N1. Yep. But Paul, we also must give some respect because he's the only man to hold all of those titles and the zero one heavyweight championship, world oh, yeah, heavyweight championship. The most important one. 
And don't forget, exactly. he also held all of the tag titles as well. <laughs> He's also held all the tag titles in all of those companies too. They That's should, right. You know what they actually and both tag titles in all Japan. Like a photo up, like even if like even if he just holds this belt right now, they should just basically just have him a photo up of him just wearing all of the belts he's ever won during his career yeah and like all of the that's trophies right. in front of him as well like i think did he ever win the wcw tv title uh i don't think so i don't i don't think so like because he was just he was just a driver in wcw yeah he never he never did anything like didn't even put him in he did look how much? How much do you know that he was a complete job in WCW? Like they never even put him in the NWO. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, that's that show. Um, I don't know where this is going, but we'll talk about. Uh, I mean, the triple crumble. We'll talk about this more in a second. Um, oh, and sorry, I forgot to mention Unagi Sayaka followed Suwama backstage after the match, <laughs> yeah. and then they yelled at each other and like the post-match interview uh area so that's building to something also in the tokyo sports story about it uh yoshi tatsu's name was brought up so he might be unagi's partner in any mixed tag is, which is hilarious that is a bizarre decision but yeah he was in that backstage segment they shot with uh yeah. unagi and suwama as well so i guess so yeah, yeah. and ishikawa so we'll challenged after the main event yeah, and Ishikawa challenge after the main event, and that'll be the main event of the Oda Awards show on March 21st. But let's get to the champion carnival because the blocks and the lineups were announced. Mm-hmm. So, A block Yuma Aoyagi, Jun Saito, Yoshitatsu, Ryuki Honda, Cyrus, T Hawk, Kento Miyahara, and X. Mm-hmm. And in the B block, Yuma Anzai, Suwama, Rei Saito, Shuji Shikawa, Shotaro Ashino, Hokuto Omori, Naoyo Nomura, and X. Okay, before we get into the X speculation, what do you think of the lineups? I sort of to be expected, I guess. I, I like them overall. I'm a little bit disappointed that it's. I expected a few more outsiders. Like it is nice that they can yeah. kind of make two blocks basically just off of like their own guys now. I think that's a good sign. But I also would have liked if there was like two or three more outsiders <laughs> outside of like whoever the X's are going to be. Well, T Hawk. Oh, T-Hawk, yeah, but that that's really it. Like, he's the only outsider announced so far. Poor Takuya Nomura has been shafted, clearly, to make room for uh, Noah guys, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yes, probably. Right? Yeah. Uh, so, okay, X's. Mm-hmm. Here's my current... I'm not sure who the second X, X, X is, but I think the one of the X's is Masa Kitamiya. That would make a lot of sense, yeah. And I think I know who the second X is. Who? It is, Who in fact, it is? the biggest ex. Uh, Satoshi Kojima. Yeah, I mean, I saw that tease because Sugura said, are you going to go to All Japan? And he's like, I don't know. So it's very possible. Um, I mean, I think those would both be great additions. I mean, I don't think you can go wrong with the exes if they're Noah or Kojima. Any Noah guys are plus Kojima. Yeah, like, and I don't think there's really a reason to keep it as an ex otherwise because... I feel like there's like some storyline stuff with that as well. Well, I mean, I think it makes even less sense for it to be an X for if it's Kojima, but I guess you still had to go through the whole uh, Kojima announcing he's leaving Noah. Yeah, exactly. Like that's why I feel. Which like it we'll get more into that in a second. Okay, Paul. With this result, uh, my my predictions are blown up. I see three scenarios. Okay. Or uh, first, Yuma wins the Champion Carnival. 
and beats Nagata. Mm-hmm. Now that Kento has lost the Triple Crown, I don't think you can discount Kento winning and then just winning the Triple Crown back. Yeah. I think to me that is the most likely outcome here. Yeah. And the third less likely scenario, because it's a New Japan guy with the Triple Crown, is one of the excess wins and beats Nagata. So Kojima comes in, but that would only work. He wins the well, and then he beats Nagata. I'm thinking more like a Nakajima or a Keno. That that would be if they were in it. But I'm not sure if it's either of them. I mean, if you just look at how much Noah has been willing to let, uh, how much New Japan has been willing to let Noah guys beat their guys. I don't know (laughs) if if they would if they would allow that on an All Japan show even. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I don't think you can discount X being Soya either. Yeah, but that would kind of be... I like Soya, but that would be out of the options. Would be like the most disappointing, I would say. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you can discount Nakajima or Keno, but I'm slightly... Uh, I am don't... A little less... I don't know. Last week, I thought they would be. But I'm, I'm less so now. I don't now. know. Like, they teased a lot of stuff after that match at the Dome. Yeah. Uh, so that is the champion carnival. And I think it's either Kento or Yuma. And then I would assume Kento faces X in the finals, right? B block X is making the final because I don't really like out of the people in the B block. The only one I could reasonably make the final. Who are you main eventing Oda Ward with? Suwama, Ashino, Nomura. Nomura, maybe. Otherwise, yeah, otherwise it's gotta be I Kojima or whoever the second actually reasonably like yeah yeah oh sorry Paul what are the chances that Nagata okay so sorry my third scenario of the X winning the Champion Carnival I forgot I had worked this in my head Paul what are the chances that um uh, Nagata just drops the Triple Crown to Ishikawa and then he's and he's in the Champion Carnival okay. no. But Nagata just because then that then um like Keno or Nakajima beats okay, Ishikawa but then for why it. Did we do this in the first place? <laughs> because it was a gold watch like for Nagata. And then it just immediately drops it to Ishikawa, and then they go from there. I guess. I I don't think it's I I don't think that's impossible either. To be I honest, think I'm still going I with think Kento. It's unlikely, like, but to me, yeah, Kento is the very clear favorite here because I don't think. Yuma is winning the Triple Crown. Like, I think he's winning it this year, but I think he's winning the Royal Road, and then he's winning the Triple Crown off of that. Yeah, but if you put... The thing with Kento winning the Triple Crown again now is like, well, what are the politics of all these big singles matches against yeah. Noah guys? Oh, yeah, true, because then he can't lose. Unless they're unless they're just offering up Nakajima on a platter to lose. I mean... Which, which, maybe <laughs> your maybe they right are. There. I don't know. Yeah. You answered your own question. Okay, let's... Yeah, let's quickly go over the uh, upcoming All Japan shows. Okay, uh, apparently this show is also almost sold out. It's on the 26th at the Nippon Totor Green Dome Meibashi Sub-Arena. Uh, main event is the Yuma Anzai... Triumphant local return special six man tag match. Yuji Nagata, Yutaka Yoshi, and Yuma Anzai versus Suwama, Jun Saito, and Rei Saito. That's a cool main event. It's also got Kento Miyahara and Hokuto Omori. Yuma Aoyagi and Naoya Nomura and Asuki Aoyagi versus Koji Doi, Kuma Rashi, and Andy Wu. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, Tokyo Dome 
top star Mazada is in the is in the opening match, teaming with the juniors. <laughs> going going straight from fourth match from the top in the Tokyo Dome to the opening match in in, in another dome. Hey, so it's, he's still in a dome, right? Yeah. Uh, and then on the 27th at Shinkiba First Ring, this is the show that uh, Kitamiya is a, apparently going to be showing up at. Uh, it's got Suwama versus Yuma Aoyagi. Paul, I smell a non-finish. I smell a Suwama gives a backdrop to Yuma Aoyagi and a challenge try, try for the Triple Crown. Where? Yeah, true. There wouldn't be another one before the Champion Carnival. But they're not even yeah, in the same block. That's the thing. Well, maybe... Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Paul. The May, the May, the May. Um, sorry, the May schedule is out, and I thought that the champ and the champion carnival winner may, in fact, be challenging at Ode Award in June. But there is a there is a Corkin in in later in May after the champion carnival. So I'm wondering, maybe the. Maybe they're saving something really big involving someone not in the Champion Carnival. I mean, maybe. Or it's Suwama versus Nagata there. And then Nagata versus the Champion Carnival yeah. winner in June? Because again, yeah. he's beat, like Suwama beat up the young boys. And then he has a singles match with Yuma here, which is weird. Because again, they're not in the same block at all. Unless you run this back as the finals, which I don't think they will. It makes more sense that it's here to like build up Suwama for a title challenge. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. That makes sense. Um so there's that. It that match means something. Oh, because also Suwama got pissed at Yuma Aoyagi after the match at the dome. I think that's why it's here as well. And was yelling him because they announced it like immediately yeah. afterwards, I think. Or even during the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, we move on into uh, March for the Dream Power Series. And this is on March 14th. Only ma Okay, a couple matches. No. Shitaro Shino and Ryuki Honda versus Jun Saito and Rei Saito. Seems like that's a match that they're going to actually finally heat up Gungir again with, if you ask me. Shuji Ishikawa versus Hokuto Omori. And then Naruki Doi versus Rising Hayato at Shinjuku okay. Face. So that's sort of a... That's so. I feel like them headlining Shinjuku face with uh, junior title matches another sort of stamp of approval for the division. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, definitely. I'm I'm just considering if I want to lock up Doi here or if I want to go for the memes later. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna go for the memes later. I'll say I'm. I'm gonna lock up Doi here. <laughs> I mean, you're two down now, and I'm still perfect. And, so I think I can actually afford to uh, go with a bit of a riskier pick this time. Okay, and then so for the Dream Power Series, March eighteenth with his All Japan versus Great, we got Taka Omori, Yoshitatsu, Black Mensa Ray, Rising Hayato, and uh, Ryo Inoue versus Kaz Hayashi, Yuizuka, Commander, making his uh, All Japan debut. The returning uh, Keiichi Sato, a Wayward Son Such of All Japan, player. and uh, Michiko, yeah, and uh, Michiko Miyagi. So it's sort of an intergender tag match. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Yeah. We got. We got um, Hokuto Omori versus Jun Tansho, which I think will be a lot of fun. 
We got Shotaro Shino and Ryuki Honda versus Takanori Ito and Issei Onitsuka, which oh, yeah, I think will I, be I'm great. Uh, Naoya Nomura, Hikaru Sato, Dan Tamara versus Minoru Tanaka, Soma Watanabe, and Seichi Aikimoto? Who's the Seichi yeah, Aikimoto? I just, uh, actually just thought of something with the Gangnia versus uh, uh, the Ito and Onitsuka. Uh, whose side is Kodama going to be on in that one? Oh, I don't know. Kodama's not scheduled at all in I, any of these things. I, like, it is interesting that it's like the two factions that he's currently in are facing off against each other. So I'm wondering if he's at least at like ringside. Or yeah. Something. That's interesting. He comes question, out with yeah. both of them. <laughs> uh, do you know anything about Seichi Ekimoto? Uh, no. I do not either. I'm a little behind on my great a watching. Little, I like, I'm watching it fairly regularly, but that's not a name that really rings a bell for me right now. Mm-hmm. It would be cool if like Hikaru Sato beat Tanaka here and we just got a TV title match yeah, against those two. I feel like two. something like that is coming because otherwise why is Tanaka like here? Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is a funny <laughs> match to me. I don't know why. Suwama, Jun Saito, and Rei Saito versus Hayato Tamara, Kazuma Sakamoto, and Czech Shimitani. Paul, it's Voodoo Murders versus Bulk Orchestra. <laughs> that, that's going to be very interesting. Like, yeah, that that's. I mean, it's an interesting combination from Voodoo Murders, uh, from Voodoo Murders, from uh, uh, from Bulk Orchestra. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, Shimitani is eating yes, a yes, pin yes, here, no, though. Absolutely, like this. I think an almost zero percent chance that Bulk Orchestra is winning here. Uh, and then next up, I think this is, will yes. be the match of the show. Atsuki Oyagi versus Kaito Ishida. Yes, no, that, that one should be awesome. And also, the the, the winner here is also going to be very obvious as well. Uh, but yeah. yeah, no, 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 this is going to be this is going to be awesome. But uh, this is, will be Atsuki uh, eating a pin again from a former Gold Class member. And then uh, Kento Miyahara, Shuji Ishikawa, Yuma Aoyagi, and Yuma Anzai versus Shima, T-Hawk, Al Lindemann, and then like Tetsuya Izuchi sort of tacked on to the Stronghearts <laughs> team. Yeah, uh, Tet- I, I really like Tetsuya Izuchi. Like, he is very much doing okay. Yeah, he's good. But he's doing it pretty well. Like, I, I think he's someone that like people should keep an eye on because I think he can really like develop into something like Obviously, like he had that amazing match with Ishida uh, last year, uh, but I yeah. think he like he's still pretty young as well. He has pretty good size as well, so I think if he, he's if you're someone that watches all Japan but doesn't watch great, like I think he's someone that you're probably gonna come away being like interested in afterwards. I'm a. S- <laughs> Which of these matches is great win? Uh. Well, they win. Kaito Ishida is winning. Yep. Um, maybe Ito is winning, but that's no. kind of unlikely. Onitsuka is yeah. eating a fall there. Okuto Mori, I doubt, is losing to John Tontro as well. No the opener. Uh, I could the see opener, uh, Tanaka's team beating, like pinning, like Minoru Tanaka pinning Dan or something. I could see that happening. I can see them win the opener. Um, yep. Yeah, like I said, bulk. Does Yuma Anzai eat a pin to like a Shima or T Hawk or even Lindemann? That I could see potentially happening because actually I'm kind of struggling who is, would take the pin on the great side there. Izuchi? 
Mizuchi probably, yeah. I mean, the Voodoo Murderers vs. Bulk Orchestra could also just end in a no contest as well, because they're just yeah. beating each other up with chairs or something like that. Yep. And then um, on uh, we move on to... So I think that'll be a good show, even if yeah. I don't think the matches are necessarily the most biggest you could do. But, I mean, it's just Cork and Hall. Yeah. No, I, I probably, think it's a control ball. Yeah. Um, so three days later, we go to Odo Ward General Gym. Uh, the only match announced so far is Yuji Nagata versus Yuji Shikawa. Paul, I think there's a tag title match that's going to be on this show. Uh, you think uh, Gangnia versus uh, Nomuyagi? Nope. Oh, okay. I think it's going to be Nomuyagi versus Keno and Soya. Ah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so the funny thing is uh, Keno and Soya are challenging for the GHC tag titles three days before. Paul, are they going to win all the tag titles? Hmm. I mean, why not? Or... I feel like that's a shafting to Kitami and Inaba, but I could also see Kitami and Inaba being transitional champions. Yeah, because they're very much like... like I think they still they, they gain something by just winning those titles, especially Inaba. Yeah. He's actually doing something, and I think they don't really lose a lot by like just being like the transition over to uh, Keno and... Uh, and so yeah, although I could also foresee that like maybe they come in here, they win the all Japan tag titles, or like Nakajima and Kano come in and like uh win the all Japan tag titles, and then there's an I mean if, if because Ken because Kento has been doing like he like got into it with uh, Kitamiya, so what I could yeah. also see happening like Kento and someone Yuma maybe. Uh, come into Noah and beat Inaba and Kitamiya for the titles. Well, I mean, I think if if Keno and Soya win those tag, the GHC tag titles, they're winning the All Japan World tag titles. Yeah, I could see that happening. But like I said, the oh, also, Kento and Kitamiya got into it. Like, well, I was gonna say something, and I'll say this now. I might as well switch on the topic. Is it possible, Paul, that like when Kitamiya shows up in All Japan, mm-hmm. that him and Kento reconcile? And then they're going to go up against Congo later. I mean, yeah, because Kit, if there's one because Kitamiya hits more than Kento, it's Congo. <laughs> so like, is a lot of like because he just because he feels the odd man out. Like he's obviously got the connections to both Nakajima and Kento, mm-hmm. but he's also you know had his you know feuding with Congo and Nakajima. Mm-hmm. So it just feels like you know him and Kento are going to bury the hatchet. And then try and win the titles from uh, Keno and Soya? Maybe, or something like that. That actually would be a really cool idea, yeah. Kind of like that as well. Yeah. And before we get to the big dome show that everybody is talking about, I have to mention because we are we a get to Joshi Pod. Show than that. We are a Joshi Pod now. <laughs> uh, Evolution has finally announced their first show on March 31st at Shin Kiba First Ring. Uh, and the uh, matches are, and I will say this, at the press conference, it was just Shuji Ishikawa. I have to commend Suwama for keeping kayfabe and not showing up there as like the heel guy that runs the women's promotion. Yeah, despite the fact that this was all his idea. <laughs> well, I mean, Shuji's obviously into it, but it was originally Suwama's, yes. Yeah, and he's still, like, he's obviously not doing it, like, 
over, but he's the guy behind the scenes that is running it. it so yeah. Okay, so we have Sunny versus Miyuki Takase, Zones versus Rina Yamashita, and Chichi versus you. I think actually that's a pretty good uh, collection of freelance Joshi talent to put the, uh, them all up against each other. Yeah, yeah, I think that so. It, I cannot complain job, there. Like building that because there's not. It's not like there's like an abundance of talent out there right now in the Joshi scene. Yeah. So I think they did a really good job of like picking the people that are out there that are good. Yeah, and is this show main evented with a mixed tag with Suave and Unagi Sayaka on opposing sides? Yeah, yeah. It's I've. But who is teaming with Suwama then? Ozaki? Yeah. Or um, Yukihi? Maya Yukihi? Yeah, I think those are the most likely ones. Yeah, and then it's Unagi and Yoshitatsu on the other side. Yep. Or it could be someone else. I don't know. It would be have to be a heel, though. Yeah. Because it doesn't feel like Voodoo Merge is going anywhere now. Nope. Even though I keep <laughs> sure thinking it, it will. <laughs> Despite the fact that they turned on each other like six times. Yeah. And um, so these are the three out of the original five that have made the training. Although there was a video and there's actually a new fourth trainee, but they haven't, who's in the video, but they have not released her name yet. So evolution continues apace and I am sort of looking forward to the show. And yes. I don't know if it's going to be televised or a pay-per-view, but I am going to uh, buy the pay-per-view if I have to. Yep. Uh, basically. Like a jumping bomb audio uh, with stealing your stick. Yeah. <laughs> well, this would be a. I would not be shocked if the main event is that mixed tag, and then they sneak in like a, like a Rio Inoue and Yuma Anzine some tag match against some indie guys or something to open the show or something like that. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Right. Like, like, yeah, because like obviously you can't fill out a full card with three people. Right? <laughs> to no. So I think it'll be at least a five match card, like a young guys. Mm -hmm young men's match and then the mixed tag main event and then the three uh um debuts in yeah. there so after yeah. after how long this whole thing has taken like I'm, I'm actually really really interested to see how they look yep um I mean, they've Obama been training a, a while trainer, so. so yeah and well and ishikawa has been training them too yeah and just looking on what the all japan dojo has been like putting out recently i think they can do that for the women as well. Like I think they have potential to become really good. Yeah. And so finally, we get to Keiji Muto Grand Final Pro Wrestling Last, in quotation marks, love, holdout. <laughs> I bought the pay-per-view, and I don't regret it, actually. No, same. In front, at the Tokyo Dome, in front of 30,096 fans, that number is legit. Okay, people, it's legit. <laughs> Did you see that crowd? Yeah, no, exactly. Like they like also see that when they were like when they put up like like videos of like all of the people like streaming into the Tokyo Dome and everything. Like and yeah. they, again, they would have turned down the lights if that number wasn't legit. Oh yeah. And also yeah. like there there isn't really like like this one Noah show where we know they kind of fudged the number, which was the junior uh, which was the junior uh, sumo hall show, but yeah. otherwise, like they don't because like they probably would be reporting a lot more people in Corican Hall. You could fudge, yeah. You could fudge those Corkins. You could fudge those Corkins to like nine hundred, like one thousand fifty. Yeah. Uh, if you were, uh, if you, if you wanted to, I suppose, if you were really into that. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
claiming less than 1,500 people in um, Sumo Hall looks very dire. Yeah. <laughs> so that's probably why they, like, fudge that number. Yeah. Whereas this uh, one, no, show. I think this one, this one is pretty much legit. Like this, they stopped selling the tickets, I'm pretty cr- sure. The crowd sounded as well. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they stopped selling tickets, too. Yeah. Um, so, we go with the starting love. Masakidemi and Daiki and Aba defeated Yoshiki Inamura and Yasutaku Yano in 7 minutes and 21 seconds with a Saito suplex from Kidemi against Yano. I mean, this was a very solid opener. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't reinvent the wheel here, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, it was a match that happened. <laughs> the best way I can yeah. describe it. There's so much on the show that like, by the time it was over, I pretty much just remember the finish, and that's about it. <laughs> in the Tokyo Joshi Pro offer match... TJPW Spark, Yuka Sakazaki, Miyu Yamashita, Shoko Nakajima, and Rika Tatsumi defeated Mizuki, Maki Ito, Miyu Watanabe, and Yuki Arai in 11 minutes and 38 seconds with the Magical Girl um, and a Savage from, Sakaza- um, from Sakazaki on Arai. I actually thought this was really good. Yeah, I think they started off a bit rough. Like, I think they watched a bit of stuff early on and, like, I think it. Got took him a while to get going, but once they got going, like it was really good. Like it was just non-stop action and just really, like it was noticeable that they were also all like really motivated and wanted to like go out and show the world what like Tokyo Joshi Pro can do. Yeah, of course. Uh, I thought uh, everyone looked good. I mean, Arai is what she is, the idol project, but I don't think she's terrible by any means. No. She just needs more uh, reps. Yeah. yeah. That was a great uh, giant swing, though, that Watanabe did on Nakajima. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that, one, that one was genuinely impressive. Like, on that one, I was like, but oh, yes, holy shit. <laughs> they made the most of their, like, 11 and a half minutes. Yeah. No, exactly. Like, that's what I mean. Like, once it got going, it was just, like, nonstop, go, 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 I mean, spot, spot, spot. And that's exactly what it should be in this kind of, like, where you are, like, this position of the card. Technically, this was like one of the better matches on the show, too, as we'll get into. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, next up, Jake Lee, Jack Morris, and Anthony Green, the good-looking guys, mm-hmm. defeated Takashi Sugera, Satoshi Kojima, and Timothy Thatcher of Sugera Gun in 7 minutes and 14 seconds with a skewered front high kick from Lee on Thatcher. This seems to be Jake's sort of newish finisher um, that he uses in tag matches. Yeah, I mean, this didn't last long enough really to be anything other than a match that was there. Yeah, no, I But also established like, Jake. Yeah, this was weird. Like, this was weirdly short. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think they could have done better if they had, like, another few minutes, but it was just what it was. Yeah. I thought Thatcher eating that thing from Lee was interesting because it was a quick match. Thatcher's usually protected. I think he might be done. Yeah, we'll see. I It would not shock me. I got that. It had that weird feeling to it. Yeah. Like it, it, it very yeah. much felt like, oh yeah, we need, we're gonna put over like this is like a big show, and it definitely feels like, a, like I mean, obviously it's the end of an era, but it feels like we might, like there might be some people on. I mean, we know for fact from at least one, but I feel like he's not the only one. People that like we're probably not gonna see a Noah going forward, or we might not see like for much longer either. Yeah, and uh, this was after the match, and then Kojima said he's done with. Noah yeah. and uh, then Sugara teased and possibly all Japan. Uh, asked him if that was going. Paul, did you get the feeling that uh, Noah and New Japan are now going to distance themselves from each other a bit after this? Uh, well, let's talk about that when we get to a later match. <laughs> okay. 
Next up, New Explosion. Yoshinari Ogawa, Eita, Hayata, Chris Ridgway, and Daga defeated Atsushi Kotoge, Yohei, Seki Yoshioka, Alejandro, Juta Miyawaki in 6 minutes and 23 seconds with a leg captured chicken wing combination from Ridgway on Miyawaki. Paul, this was almost even more inexplicable than the previous match in some ways. Yeah. Um, again, way too short for it to be be anything, even though it could have been good if it was given time. Did everyone even tag in? Like, I'm not even sure everyone even made it into the match. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't even know. Um, this was just building up to the Hayata and Ridgeway challenge of the um, yeah. tag titles. But also, Paul, Miyawaki's going back to Mexico. What's yeah, up that, with that? That's the, weirdest out, that's the weirdest outcome out of all of this, is that he's just going back to Mexico. They brought him back with like such big fanfare, gave him a title <laughs> match, and then he hangs around for like two months and then just fucks off back to Mexico. Now, and, were they unimpressed with his performance? Because I thought he looked pretty good. Yeah, I thought he looked really good as well. Like, Did he piss someone off? I don't know. Maybe, maybe that was maybe it was just like a like mid break of the excursion and he was always supposed to go back and they maybe they just wanted to make sure he's there for the whole like Muto retirement tour that to like get some yeah. eyeballs on him and then they're sending him back to Mexico to finish off his training there I guess. Yeah, it's just she's very strange. Like the fact that it's also announced like immediately after the match basically. Like that yeah. leads me to believe that like that was always the plan, I suppose. Like they wanted, I guess. To, they wanted because they have future plans for him. They wanted him on the dome show, and then we're like, "Well, fuck it, might as well just give him a little bit of a." Well, I mean, in the match. brief time he returned, he got a t- he got two title challenges. Yeah, like that. That's what I, I like. I, like I don't know how you could see his performances or what he's done so far and not be impressed with him. So that's why I'm thinking it was always the plan. Maybe because what else? what you want from him basically <laughs> yeah anyway next up the ddt offer match uh dramatic dream future mao shunma katsumada uh yuki ueno to- and toy kojima defeated tetsuya endo hideki okatani yuya koroku and takashi masada in nine minutes and six seconds when ueno used the wr on masada i thought they uh did pretty good here too maybe not quite as good as um the Tokyo Joshi match, but I mean, gave the younger guys in DDT some chance to shine. Yeah, and I will say that this match also had the better Masada in it as well. Yes, definitely had the better Masada in it. Um, next up, Dragon Gate versus Noah. Naomichi Marafuji, Hio did Dr. Wagner Jr., and Ninja Mac defeated Shun Skywalker, Kai, and Diamante in 11 minutes and 20 seconds with a moonsault press from Wagner on Kai. Somewhat surprising result, I suppose, but. Wagner did get injured on an, like a sort of assisted 450 that he did, and it looks like he fucked up his elbow. No, Diamante, right? Not Wagner. Diamante, yeah. I'm sorry. Diamante. Uh, which sort of begs the question, was Kai supposed to get pinned here originally? Might be. Um, but I mean, I, kind of given what we saw kind of happen later in the show, like to me it made sense that Noah was winning here. Yep. Because I think Noah get it, he needed to get win somewhere on the show, so might as yeah. well get it here. But I was I enjoyed really the match to see like Diamante versus uh, Wagner because I'm not sure if mm-hmm. they actually yeah no they've never had a match in Mexico at least nothing that made cage match cage match. So yeah, and what did you think of the match? I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I thought the match yeah. itself was pretty but... good. Like I thought it was nothing special. 
I would say overall. But I think mm-hmm. I think like everyone kind of worked well. But yeah, I mean we don't really know how much longer maybe this match was even supposed to go because of the yeah. injury. Like it could actually be that this match was. Like, I don't think it was much longer. No, no, no. I don't think it was that much longer. But maybe like I'm thinking a bit differently about the match if we actually get like a proper finishing sequence, like whereas this one felt like it was a bit like abbreviated as well. Yeah. Next up, uh, the main event in my heart. All Japan versus Noah. Keno, Katsuhiko Nakajima, and Manabu Soya defeated Kento Miyahara, Suwama, and Yuma Aoyagi in 15 minutes and 37 seconds with the PFS from Keno on Aoyagi. Oh, God. What could I say about this? I mean, everything. from <laughs> this the ent- Kento's theme blaring through the Tokyo Dome in his entrance. That was awesome. The teasing at the first between Nakajima and Kento was awesome. This match was awesome. Uh, I thought Keno and Yuma worked well, very well together. And I have to give props to Suwama. I thought he played his role perfectly in this. As the guy just comes in and throws lariats and is brawling with Soya and everything. Yeah, this was awesome. I mean, I thought this was an incredible match. Yeah. I went and 4.5. And it set up... Yeah, yeah, same with me. I mean, it just set up everything Yes. too, right? Yeah. I think that's really like the accomplishment of this because we were like suspecting, like, is there going to be more after this? And yes, very obviously, there's going to be a lot more. Like, they set up, like, what, like, five different matches here? Well, they set up Kitamiya coming into Noah. Yeah. Or, sorry, All Japan. Yeah. They set up uh, Soya and Keno challenging for the tag titles. They set up Kento versus Nakajima. And I would not shock me if Yuma versus Keno is also a long-term player. They also set up They also set up Suwama versus Soya because Suwama fucked Soya over the barricade with a judo throw after the match. Yep, yep. Uh, honestly, I kind of, I kind of want to see Keno versus Suwama. I thought they had really good chemistry. Oh, the God, sort of yeah. interactions. Can you imagine the promos Keno would cut on Suwama? Oh yeah, yeah. You're old and you're fat. <laughs> he already did. Like, did you see that in the in the lead up to it, where he did a PFS to an acrylic stand of uh, Suwama? Yes, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> no, that this was this was absolutely awesome. This was exactly what I wanted this to be. Like, just six guys, just like just absolutely belting the shit out of each other like Nakajima versus Kento was like just amazing just like Nakajima was like even more of a shithead than he usually is like he just yeah. seemed to be I mean, just like extra like charisma in this one this got pretty good heat from the crowd yeah there was a lot of I saw a few Kento towels there was Kento chants like you know this this you know if like this man could be a big fucking deal if all Japan had like promotional muscle behind it yeah so that that's why I feel like that this is actually like this whole like everyone works together is actually like the one that is benefiting the most from it right now is all Japan. Because like the fact that they were on this, that they got a match like this that also like grabbed a lot of people's attention can only help them, even if they lost. Yeah. Absolutely. Um yeah, and Keno I think Kento will have a lot to gain, even maybe more so than all Japan in all of this. Yeah. Like there there is a very funny uh scenario that i've constructed in my head that uh, i might want to talk about at a later uh when, oh, when, when we get to another section of the show oh okay that would be very funny um, <laughs> uh final delucha taiji shimori and ghetto defeated nosawa ranga and nizada in four minutes and 43 seconds of the bloody cross from ishimori versus nosawa i'll say this this sort of did feel like a nosawa retirement yeah because he didn't immediately reverse it 
And, uh, well, there's nothing to this match. And then, like, Nosawa just offered him up to Ishimura in the Bloody Cross. Yeah, that, that part that part was... I mean, at least that, like, cut the match short. <laughs> that was great. At least yeah. it wasn't long. So, uh, yeah, uh, so kudos to Nosawa for, like, trying to stay under the... Uh, but trying not to get raided on cage match by staying below five minutes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Keohei uh, Wada refereed this match, interestingly enough. Seeing him in a Noah shot is so weird. Very, very breaks my heart. Um, no, but uh, I just find it interesting that he would appear on the Mudo retirement show. Uh, given uh, he left all Japan because of Mudo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then the fact returned, that, that and he returned, and he returned to all Japan on the last show Mudo was on before Wrestle One, which was funny. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean it was an angle, and it was just Nosawa getting his moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was nothing to this match at all. No, Tokyo Tornado Hiromu Takahashi defeated Amasuka in eleven minutes and two seconds with the time bomb too. There was some melodrama here with the mask. I mean, this was a pretty good match. I just. I don't know. I just don't think it hit as high as it could have between these two. In part because yeah. they only got 11 minutes. In part because they decided to do the melodrama. Yeah. Um, like, it just completely took me out of it. Like, the, that was like WWE level, like, drama bullshit. Like, oh, it's your mask. It's your mask, Amaksa. Like, like, give a shit. I mean, although, like, after watching what they did in this match, absolutely, positively could have a match of the year level candidate if they actually had, like, a... 15, 20 minute singles match with no BS. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. If they don't do the whole like Roman talking spots or whatever and actually just get like 20 minutes, just go out there and just like do their thing, I think, yeah, then it could have a match of the year contender. But yeah, this, this kind of left me cold a bit as well. Like I was disappointed afterwards. Yeah, I'm not surprised at the result though at all. No. Oh, what could we say of this next match? Shining through, Kazuchiko Okada defeated Kaito Kiyomiya in 16 minutes and 32 seconds with a Rainmaker. I Five mean, stars. well, okay. In a vacuum, it was dog an awesome... booking, amazing match. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was an incredible match. The booking was dog shit. I'm not sure. Please explain. I mean, I know some people are saying, Kaito, okay, like, this is a story. But we went through this with Mudo, and he had to claw his way up there. I don't know where this is going and I'm not convinced Okada will put him over. Like, what is the point of this? Yeah, no. Well, I mean, clearly he has to, like, do... Uh, clearly has to do... Now has to do, like, Okada cosplay and, like, adopt the Rainmaker or, like, a modified Rainmaker or whatever the fuck and then he's gonna beat him in, like, five years or something. I don't fucking know. No, like, the booking of this was absolute. Like, like okay, here's the thing. I actually... This, I mean, the fact that I think this is dog shit booking really just comes down to one spot. Because until that happened, I actually thought, you know what? Even if Kaito loses this, he actually comes out better for it just based on how the match structure has been un up until this point. And then Okada pulls him up from the pin. And I'm like, well, okay, yeah, Kaito that is... can't lose now, and then he immediately eats an he eats an emerald explosion and a rainmaker and loses. Really defending the memory of Mitsuhari Misawa here. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it just it just made no. Oh, and also the whole fact is that you had your champion lose to New Japan champion. If Kaito wasn't the yeah. champion, would it would be less egregious? I think. 
yeah. Still not and good. I, I mean, like I said, like at, but at this point, like a lot of this to me is on Kaito too because like you're the champion. Like this is your second title reign. You're not a rookie anymore. You should know the way this goes. And like you know how all of the build up has been. And okay, New Japan has a lot of leverage, and so they can like basically strong arm their way into winning this match. Yes. But at very least, you ha- they do not have enough sway to say no, no, no. Not only do we need to, not only do we get to win this, we also get to pull up your champion from a pin and then beat him decisively. Yeah, you can push back against that. Of course, I mean, if they wanted to, they probably could have gotten. They could have gotten a. I think Noah probably could have gotten a twenty-minute match where it was a little more evenly matched if they wanted to. That was the most hilarious part of the entire thing, though, is Kaito being like, I want this match to have no time limit, and he loses in 16 minutes. <laughs> Paul, did you know this was um, Okada's shortest singles match since defeating bad dude Tito in London last uh, autumn? Yeah. So, it's slightly better than bad dude Tito. Yeah. Okay, no, but I also briefly just want, like, the book, like I said, the booking was dog shit, but I also just briefly want to talk about the match itself as well. Okay. Because I wasn't, like, I wasn't joking when I said five stars. Like, I genuinely think this is a five star match. I mean, it was an incredible match. I'm not going to, I can't take it away from it, but I mean, it did draw. I I hate the lift up the opponent before the three count in general, no matter who does it, though. Yeah. No, but, like, to me, like, like Kazuchika Okada, like to me, he is the greatest wrestler of all time. So, and this might be my favorite performance of his. Like, I oh think yeah, this, this complete just shithead like persona he had in this match just worked amazingly. Like, I, I really hope that this is something that he keeps doing going forward as well. Like, I hope that whenever like New Japan has like the next guy ready to become the ace, yeah, they just do the Jumbo and Misawa storyline with Okada in the Jumbo role. Because I think he would be absolutely amazing at doing that. And so, like, I thought that worked really well. And I also thought, like, Kaito did really good in the match as well. And that's why I'm saying, like, up until he gets pulled up from the pin, I actually thought that he got elevated here. Because the way that this was built up was obviously, like, Okada is not taking Kaito seriously at all. Like, he just punks him out. But then, like, they, they had a lot of spots in here where basically Okada just got, like, basically, like, yeah, I, I take care of this piece of shit. And then, like, Kaito is just like, no, 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 no. And Kaito just, like, basically, like, exceeds. Like, like Okada is underestimating Kaito at every point. And, like, Kaito is just like, no, motherfucker, if you don't take me seriously, I'm going to beat you. And then they kind of undo all of that in one spot. <laughs> so, like like I said, dog shit booking, but the match itself to me is absolutely amazing. It's my favorite match. Like, it's probably going to be my match of the year. Oh, wow. So I I don't have another five star match so far this year. So unless I get another five star match this year, like that is it is going to be my match of the year. Yeah, I mean that's up there. Yeah, I mean I don't know. I just uh, it's I'm trying to think of another match where the I it was dog shit booking, but it was incredible, and I can't think of it, that I thought was incredible, but I can't think of anything off the top of my head. So no, and I think too, like I said, to me that probably is also influenced again by the fact that Okada is my favorite wrestler. So mm-hmm. like. I very much have, like, the two halves, which is, like, one half of me is, like, the analyst side that is, like, well, this is absolute horrendous booking, whereas the other side of me is just <laughs> being a massive Okada mark and being, like, yeah, you beat that geek into the ground. Oh, I'm sure, like, any Okada died in the world New Japan fan it was just, like, 
creaming their pants basically at this to me the fact that he also like as an okada fan that he hit like the fucking champion of noah with a spinning emerald explosion right before the finish is just an absolute fucking cherry on just so funny but it's like the worst like why would noah agree to this so fucking stupid well i don't know i mean yeah just the way it was booked i understand that you can't get out of kaido losing but this was beyond what i thought would happen anyway Awesome match. And then Masahiro Chono anyway, comes out. Anyway, that was the main event, and we're done with this show now. Uh, and then Masahiro Chono comes out to a huge uh, response. I should add, uh, early on in the show, like Kojima got the biggest pop up to the point up to that point in the mm-hmm. show, which I think sort of tells you about the, the crowd. Yeah, I, I mean, but that was to be expected. I mean, there were, like, like I said, there were people with kento towels and stuff like that, but the old-timers really did get the biggest pops. To the I, like, I thought it is kind of a credit to like both the like Congo versus All Japan match and like yes. this like the Kaito versus Okada that like they managed to get like a lot of like they definitely obviously had like their fans were there as well but they got pretty much the entire crowd invested in that match and there were a lot I, of people in there that didn't care about any of them before the match. I would say that that those matches got the most heat of like the non old guys. And then so Chono comes out, big applause, he goes to commentary. And then so Pro Wrestling Last Love, Tetsuya Naito defeated Keiji Mudo in 28 minutes and 58 seconds with a Destino. I mean, if you visualize in this head what you think this would be, it was. I mean, obviously, like, whatever. It didn't felt like it dragged on too long, but it was still Mudo on the ground for a lot and some spots and some sort of tribute spots, Mudo teasing the moonsault. I mean, I don't think it was horrible, but I'm just glad it's over, I guess. <laughs> yes. I but I thought Na- I thought Naito worked hard. I thought Naito worked hard to try to make something of it, at least. I don't know. Like, my thing with Naito is I think Naito is, like, a great wrestler, and he's been in some of my all-time favorite matches. But there's also times when I just bounce off of him really, really hard. Oh, I sure, I agree. I was, Yeah. I think he's of, like, the sort of... New Japan top guys, I think he's the least consistent if you put, like, out of Okada and Tanahashi and him. Yeah, because, like, to me, like, I like I really, like, this match kind of did nothing for me, and I, like, Naito's performance was fine, but, like, I also don't think it was anything super remarkable. Like, I'm actually more remembering stuff Muto did in the match than really stuff Naito did in the match. Yeah. Like, I definitely always remember Muto, like, going for the moonsault, and I you know what, like, I get, I guess, I get why he didn't do it, but, like, dude, it's not like you've ever given a shit about your body beforehand. Yeah. And why you start in your last ever match, just do the moonsault, even if it just, you know, destroys your body. Well, because maybe his hips aren't even strong enough for him to actually do it now. Or to actually even, like, push himself off. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Like it's more very clearly build it. They built the whole match around it, and then he just never did it. Well, I think it's probably more like he's he's injured his hips since the last time he did it, which was at yeah. Cyber Fight Festival 2021. So you know, I think um, he probably just can't do it now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised his hips are injured just based on the way he does leg presses. Yeah. Yes. He, well, he tweeted out it's leg day because now he just tweeted <laughs> yeah. out like. He, him uh, training his legs, training for that WWE mm-hmm. match yeah. that he hasn't training had yet. Training his legs. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, God, I don't know. Uh, and, and he said in the tweet, like, who knows what's next or something like that. right? <laughs> but I, I would assume he's just going to do like the variety show circuit and talk show circuit, yeah. right? Like yeah, yeah, Choshu yeah. and Kensuke and Akira Hokuto do. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be like on like loads of like guest commentary spots and like every promotion as well. Yeah, for sure. And um, and then uh, Mudo gives a speech and he calls Masahiro Chono into the ring for an actual retirement match because Chono never had one. And then he gets <laughs> Tiger Hattori in there to be the ref. And that goes one minute and 37 seconds and then yep. Chono makes him tap out. Chono has to do a running like shining Yakuza kick because he probably can't get his legs up to do an actual one. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and then put him in the uh, STF. Um, for the tap out. I mean, I appreciate it and I think the crowd loved it, but it does make it getting one over Naito for sure. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like this motherfucker. Like, <laughs> he's such a worker. He's just like, oh yeah, no, sure. I agree to lose to Tetsuya Naito. Yeah, no, yeah, I can lose to Tetsuya Naito, but it's not going to be my retirement match and it's not going to be the main event on the show. No, I'm losing to my buddy over here, Chono. <laughs> Now, with that said, I, I actually did kind of love the fact that they did this whole thing. Like, I thought that was, like, a... That felt like a genuine, like, feel-good moment. To, like, see them, like, the 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 two, like, still living, like, three musketeers in there. And, yeah, also the fact that Shono never got that retirement match, that he actually, like, formally now has one, and it's, it is against, like, a guy that was his generational rival. Yeah. Is actually a nice thing. Like, it is, like, puts actually a nice bow on both of their careers, I feel. And then after the match, like when Mudo um, is uh, on his way out, like they do the nice thing on the graphic on like the Tron. It's like Mudo uh, and Hashimoto and Misawa sort of yeah. tribute thing. And like, you know, there's like Hashimoto tribute spots on the show too. Yeah. No, and, no, no, no. Uh, yeah. That, 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 was, that was overall like a really nice ending to the show. Oh, and I, Mudo's entrance was incredible too, actually. Yes. With the well, they all the different Mudo themes, and then he uh, came out on the Cody Vader. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was afraid they were gonna have stair- like want to require him to walk downstairs as well. And I was like, oh, I don't know if he can do that. <laughs> yeah, but he came out, got on the ele- like the elevator, and the elevator even went up and sort of lifted him up, and then yeah. brought him back down, and then he he yeah, walked down the ramp. Oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. but I think in terms of production value, this entire show was just like absolute next level. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Even bigger than New Japan. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I would say Noah has, like, the best production values, like, on the entire planet, I want to say, in terms of, like, wrestling promotions. Yeah. Because um, I and, think they blow, like, AEW out of the water and, like, oh, yeah. and, like Yep. And um, so this apparently did 100,000 buys on pay-per-view. That's worldwide, I, I assume. Insane, yeah. And uh, I just saw the story... Uh, but apparently, uh, Cyberfight is very happy with mm-hmm. uh, this and everything like that, and and they made a lot of money. And uh, so I don't know, Paul. Like, is this going to be continue? Are they going to lean on the old men? But who is there that they could bring? Yeah, in that would but, do the same. Yeah. There isn't one. That's the thing. Like, there's no... Like, KG Mujo was, like, a generational, like, guy. Like, he was, like, a big crossover, like, media star as well. Yeah. And there isn't anyone else Yeah. after him that is on the same level. Now, the question is, though, 
are we headed back into pay-per-views for Japanese companies? I hope not. I hope not I would, either. I have a feeling we're probably going. Like, I don't think this is going to be the last one. I could actually see that they will they will try to do the same thing with Cyberfight Festival, and then I think it depends how Cyberfight Festival does. Yeah. Well, because Stardom is now like a pay-per-view company. <laughs> yeah. But they they never had like a live stream. Like they never had like the same live streaming thing no, that like no. New Japan or Noah had. But I mean, I think really only New Japan and Noah could get away with pay-per-views for big shows. Yeah. I don't think All Japan even has the infrastructure to like set up. No, they probably could. They probably <laughs> they probably could if they wanted to. But I mean, um, yeah, no. But you're just not going to get the buys. You're better off trying to just get as yeah. many people as you can to pay your 900 yen. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and like like I said, like I don't think you can get away with that for like a lot of shows either. Like for example, yeah. for like New Japan, like you could get away with that. Like I don't know, Dominion and Wrestle Kingdom, I think at the most. Yeah. And then same for Noah, it's like Cyber Fight Festival and the New Year show, I suppose. Yep. Uh, did we mention uh, Jake Lee confronting Kaido after the match? Well, I mean, we're previewing that, right? We're previewing yeah. that later. It's just so funny that when, like, it's Jake taking advantage of Kaito, who's like trying to pull himself up onto the chair <laughs> yeah. and everything like that. Like, oh, hey, you just lost to uh, Kazuchika Okada. How about Jake Lee? <laughs> like, oh, cool. as, as, as Michael Cole would say about Seth Rollins, the ultimate opportunist. Yeah. I would be more like uh, Todd Grisham. It's Jake <laughs> Lee. <laughs> yeah. So let's get into that now. I mean, I still think this is the best show I saw all year just for the whole spectacle of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. For the whole... Like, I don't like. I don't think I've definitely seen like. I think Wrestle Kingdom was better in terms of like overall match. Quality. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, like just top to bottom match quality. Like I said, I had like my match of the year on here and and the all Japan Noah stuff. But like otherwise, I think like Wrestle Kingdom was better. But like just in terms of like spectacle and everything, like I think I would definitely put this on the list as well for like potential show of the year. Which to be fair is like the second one already this year from Noah because I would definitely consider the Noah the New Year for that as well. Absolutely. And then, so we move on to uh, the upcoming the Noah post shows. Mudo era, finally. The post-Mudo <laughs> era, yeah. So never Star Navig- talk about them again until <laughs> well, we do we'll a see. retrospective. Yeah. Uh, Star Navigation 2023 at Corken Hall on March 9th. Uh, I'm not going to go through every match. I'll just say uh, ones that are worth wa- uh, checking out. Eita versus Hayata. Mm-hmm. Yoshinari Ogawa versus Chris Ridgeway, though. I'm really interested in that one. Like, Ata vs. Hayata could be really bad. Yeah. But Ogawa vs. Ray I think, like, if they keep it relatively clean, that could be really awesome. Kaito Kiyomi and Atsushi Kotoge versus Jake Lee and Anthony Green. Mm-hmm. That could be decent. And then for the GHC Junior Heavyweight title, Amaska versus uh, Hiroki, which is, you know, it'll be good. Yeah. I'm not, like, you know, dying for that one. Uh, yeah, and that and then, is definitely one I wouldn't ever lock up because to me that doesn't pass the mirror test because I don't think Hiroki has any chance of winning. <laughs> yeah. March 14th, Yokohama Radiant Hall, Sunny Voyage. Master Kitamiya versus Manabu Soya. That's an interesting match given everything going on. Mm-hmm. Daiki Naba versus Keno. Yoshinari Og- Oh, right. It's the bill for the tag title match. Yoshinari Gawa versus Hayata. Eita versus Chris Ridgeway. And Kaito Kiyomiya and Yohei versus Jake Lee and Anthony Green. 
And then we get to Noya, Noah Voyage 2023 in Yokohama at the Yokohama Budokan, which I believe holds 4,000 people, um, uh, roughly. Yeah, I don't know. If the theoretically. <laughs> theoretically. Yeah. Uh, GHC Junior Heavyweight Tag Team title. Yoshinari Ogawa and Ada versus Hayata and Chris Ridgway. Again, it's a Hayata factor and if, how much overblown booking they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's the thing. Like, like It's the whole Stinger thing. Like, in theory, that could be a really good match, but I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of bullshit there. GHC Tag Team Championship. Masa Kidami and Deki and Abba versus Ken Oman and Busoya. We basically already talked about this match. Yeah. But I'm really leaning towards Keno and Soya. Yeah, I could really see that happening as well. Unless, like I said, they might want to do like Kento and someone challenging for the GHC Tag Titles as well. But otherwise, yeah, I think if they'll, if Keno and Soya are coming into all Japan, I think it makes a lot of sense for them to come in as champions. Well, it's because three three days later, they're, they're probably, or two days later, or whatever it is, they're probably challenging at Nomuyagi at Oda Ward. Yeah. I mean, that's a good semi-main event at Oda Ward. Yeah. Because um, I think Kento will also be involved in someone against, maybe, maybe Kento faces Kitami at Oda Ward. Or something. Well, maybe Kento is doing something else as well, but let's wait a second for that. And then uh, GHC Heavyweight Championship, Kaido Kiyomiya versus Jake Lee. This is a very interesting match because it's go time for both these guys. Jake's got to have a good match. Kaido's got to draw, and Jake yeah. sort of got to draw too, right? Like, yeah. if this is sub 2000, I would consider that a disappointment. And it's time In for the lock of the week. Yeah? Yeah, I'm locking up Jake. Are you really? Yes, I am. Oh my god! <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Seriously? Yes. Uh, I think because I feel like we're gonna because I think this is kind of the end of kind of Peacock Kaito. Like I think we're gonna go for like yet another Kaito transformation, but I think it's also yeah. necessary after this loss. So I think now is also the time to just like take the belt off of him to like that really kind of hammer that in and then rebuild him yet again but it's but maybe oh, so this stupid. time it will stick <laughs> no it won't. like you i'm not i want to say kaido's permanently damaged goods but i don't want to because i think he's one of the best wrestlers in the world but yeah. i'm i could be convinced that he is completely damaged goods i don't know yeah, i mean the, it's really the thing is that he's just too much of a doormat to be an ace yeah some of not all of his fault no but again like there's a minimum, at least, to how much you should. I mean, like, you I, but need here, to have like I don't think you need to be like a complete like m- like egomaniac, but like there's definitely a difference between being a team player and yeah. being a doormat. Like Kaito needs to learn how to say no because at some point you need to think about like what is actually beneficial here, and Kaito just doesn't ever do that. No, but like, okay, in the Japanese promotion, how much weight can a like a twenty six year old guy really throw around backstage? He's a two time champion already. Yeah, I know, but still, I feel like I think there's like a bit of like ageism going there. Whereas, like, given what he's accomplished, he's still not taken seriously in the back by some people. I that's yeah. just my speculation, but it you feels know, but like if, that. It is, it is. But like, for example, we can, for example, compa- compare him to Okada. Yeah, because Okada at the same age was also in his second reign. Like that was the That's really true. long one. Like that yeah. was the not the really really long one, but that was the three hundred ninety one day one. You know, yeah, where he beat a shitload of people, and you're telling me that 
Okada at that same stage of his career, like like pretty much exactly ten years ago, would have accepted the same stuff that Kaito is accepting. Perhaps, but he also had... would he not have at least have enough weight already to at least soften some of it. Okay, he should have enough weight already to at least soften some of it. Should be able yeah. to be like, I'm going to go 25 minutes with Okada, and he's going to pin me after we both get near falls on each other. Yeah, exactly. Like you, you, like you definitely don't accept the whole getting pulled up. You don't accept the whole like uh, having the second shortest singles match of Okada's career, more or less. Like minus Young Boy stage. Yeah. Well, the only the one of the only other matches that I I know that Okada ever had that went shorter was um he lost. That uh, one against Jay White in the Tokyo Dome. Oh yeah, <laughs> excuse oh, me. God, that one was another great match, though. <laughs> that was a great match. I was like, yeah. one of uh, Jay White's best matches. Yeah, yeah, because that that started the whole like, like that like put the whole like Blade Runner over so much when he just caught up <coughs> and just beat him. Yeah, but, and it was yeah. all it was all business, no um, filler yeah. from Jay White either. But like, like I said, like look at that second title reign that Okada had, like around, at around the same, like, same age. Like, you know, he got like nine defenses, or not nine defenses. He got eight defenses. Like, he beat Tanahashi for it, and then he lost it to AJ Styles, like nearly right. a year, like over a year later. And then right. just compare that to like Kaito's second title reign. Well, I mean, it also this goes back into stuff that just how you make Kaito. They should have just followed the Okada formula. That's how you yeah. make. A star. Now, mind you, they didn't have anyone as prestigious as Tanahashi to do it. Hmm? But he needed to just win, 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 win. Not roll up Fujita. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever bullshit. He should, and he should have beaten Mudo this on this in the second op, the second chance, absolute max, right? They should have never been dragged out as long as it was. No. And again, like Okada in a second reign, right? Bodymaker Coliseum, yeah. now known as the Edeon Arena. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dominion, sixth of twenty uh, second of June, twenty thirteen. He he faces Togi Makabe, like not no one, but also you know not someone I would say is like an ama- was ever like an amazing draw either. No, like seven thousand people. Yeah. And Kaito like loses nine hundred compared to the last time he main evented the same arena. Yeah, like, within six months, less than yeah. six months. Yeah. I mean, if this number is a disaster and Kaido wins, do they take him off? Do they take it off him the next match? Next, uh, they might defense. They might. Like, what's your uh, gut I think at for that the? Point you kind of have to, but who do you put it on? You know, well, like, oh god, is Go ready point. to come back at that point? He might be. I don't know, but yeah, if Go comes back, he might have to do that. Um, but I think I, I think Jake is winning here, so that like we can really do, like yeah. the whole rebuild title reign again. Yeah. Now and is Jake know, trans- And then you know what I said. You know what would be the funniest outcome if Jake Lee wins the uh, wins the GHC title one. What? <laughs> Kento comes in and he beats Jake. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be so funny. <laughs> it's just Jake is like, ah, fuck all of you guys. I'm out of all Japan. Finally, I can be my own man. <laughs> and then Kento just comes after him. Just beats him for the belt in Noah. <laughs> yeah. But this, I am just so curious on what this card is going to do drawing-wise. Yeah. I think that, 
I think that will be a big indicator of like what Noah numbers are going to be going forward. I mean, anything less than 2,000 is disappointing because, like, you know, if you sell Cork and haul out, that's 1,800 people, right? Uh, yeah. So you want to do more than a Cork and haul max capacity? Yes, definitely. Yeah, for sure. I think 2,200 would be respectable. Yeah. I think anything less than 2,000 is not great. Yeah, anything less than 2,000 to me, like, that's a, that's a disaster, so. Anything less than 1,500 is a, an absolute disaster, I think. Let's take a look what we've had in there recently. So, so far this year, there's only been one show, which was Stardom, which did 1,600. Yeah. And then let's just go like pre-pandemic because I don't want to look at pandemic numbers because they're going to be weirdly skewed. No, didn't it open like oh, during yeah, the pandemic? Oh, right. yeah, it wasn't even open yet. Because it, cause it yeah. opened, uh, it replaced Yokohama Bunka Gym. Yeah, yeah, true. Okay, so we d we're not going to have really like, yeah. Uh, but I'm... 940 for the N1 in there. So that was already when like restrictions were lifted. Mm-hmm. And New Japan did 1,400 with an absolute nothing card in there. Yeah, that's New Japan. Yeah, so... I just... Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see. I mean, the biggest one I think so far in that building is Big Japan with, like, the Big Japan Welcome Back show with 1,800. But they basically okay. gave away tickets for free for that one. Yeah, but... Um, yeah, you. but I, I think the capacity is 4,000, roughly. Yeah. Maybe a little less. But... You know, I think to me, two thousand is going to be like the number you want to get. Yeah, if if, if Kaido is any kind of draw. Yes, exactly. That's the thing. Like you want to find out is Kaido the guy that we can rely on now that we've lost Mudo. Uh, yeah. Okay, and so yeah. here it is. So Yokohama Budokan is an arena facility equipped with a full-scale martial arts hall which seats five hundred, an arena which seats uh three thousand. Three thousand. Okay. Yeah. So okay. three thousand is the max capacity in there. Yeah, okay. Three thousand. Um, yeah, but I still think that 2,000 is your, your ideal uh, yeah. minimum. Yeah. If there's any if, juice. If you, I mean, because again, Noah wants to be the promotion that challenges like New Japan's dominance. Yeah. And so also, we've got to talk about... Expectations for the numbers. Well, we also got to talk about Jake here because like Jake's got his fans. There's always mm -hmm. been Jake fans at these Noah shows. Like, What can he mm -hmm. help do? You know? I, mean, I think that'll be telling. It's kind of hard to say just I mean, it's generally, when he's been on top in all Japan, the numbers have been pretty decent. But it was never yeah. like a blow-away draw either, so it's hard to say. Well, <laughs> he had some not-so-great numbers as Triple Crown Champ, even within pandemic parameters, but yeah. we can debate those, how accurate those were. But he's got a fan base, nevertheless, and so you know, I think some of this will be on him, too. Anyway, Paul, do you have any closing thoughts on all of this? Because there's a lot happening right now. Uh, yeah, like I said, we, we've now entered a fully new era of Noah. Uh, what I'm actually going to be interested in is actually what Noah's roster is going to look like going forward. Mm -hmm. Because I think we're going to see some changes on that one pretty soon. Like I think there's some people that we've seen as regulars that are 
kind of either going to slowly fade away or like will just like not appear at all anymore going forward as well. Like I'm really interested if like someone like Hideki Suzuki would stick around because uh, I think he actually has a lot of like to still add and to like show to people as well just based on the way he's been acting on the Snowrun. run. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like someone like Fujita I think is gone. Yep. Uh, the old like Funaki. Funaki wasn't even booked on the show which is interesting because yeah. he's a Mudo friend. And he's in Congo. Yeah. He's not on any of these shows, I don't think. So, yeah, hopefully. But it's like, well, did they do the job that they should have getting the young talent ready to pick up the torch after Mudo was gone? And I can't say they have. Well, at least Funaki put over Wagner, which... At least, hey, that's something. (laughs) Honestly, yeah, Wagner's been great, so... Yeah. (laughs) So that's that. And then... uh, did make fun of that in the moment, but that actually turned out to be a good decision. (laughs) It did. Uh, So... Yeah, and of course, Noah in All Japan could be. I mean, Noah in All Japan is not going to do like fill up Budokan business, but it could definitely help both companies a lot, especially All yes. Japan. Yeah, oh yeah, no, All Japan, like I said, they could still get really badly fucked over in this whole deal, but I think right now they're the promotion that's benefiting the most from these kind of talent exchanges. Absolutely. Uh, I think Kento is sort of proving that yeah. uh, for sure. All right, so uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time, I guess, maybe if whenever there's enough to talk about, because it seems like, with the exception of a couple All Japan shows coming up, all the companies are taking a bit of a break, at least for All Japan and and NOAA. So um, we'll be back when there's some stuff to talk about, hopefully in a a couple of weeks. So for uh, Paul Vosh, I'm Gerard Detroit, and take care. Hello there, my name's Neil David and I'm the host of Eurograps Express, the podcast exclusively dedicated to the wrestling of Europe. If it's wrestling and it happens in Europe and it's good, we talk about it. Whether it's RevPro, Progress, WXW, Passion Pro, Pro Wrestling Chaos, Pro Wrestling North, we don't care, we talk about them all. If it's good and it's exciting, I want to share it with you. We're on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Check us out on the feed. Check us out on Twitter at EuroGrapsEXP. And join us for chat about European wrestling and a little bit of chat about cheese. Hopefully see you there.